Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you have any questions for our guests, there are many ways you can contact the show. You can post a question on our wall on Facebook, Skype us, send us a tweet on Twitter to at The Organic View, or you can contact me directly at June Stoyer. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is brought to you by liquidweb.com, the most reliable hosting provider with 24-7 heroic support. Listeners of today's show will receive $100 credit towards Storm servers, which includes virtual private servers and dedicated hosting. Or you can try LiquidWeb's shared hosting for free for one month by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. Please visit liquidweb.com and make sure that you tell them that you found out about them on the show. It's been almost two years since Hurricane Sandy devastated the eastern seaboard. Although the region has gone through a significant amount of reconstruction, homeowners are still hesitant when it comes to replacing any of the damaged trees for a myriad of reasons. Many people have opted not to plant trees because of the fear of what may happen if another Sandy-like storm occurs. On today's show, Vinny Javutsky, who is an ISA certified arborist, and a New York State certified senior certified nursery and landscape professional is going to talk about what homeowners should know about trees, which tree species should or should not be considered, and why financially it's beneficial to replace these damaged trees. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Vinny Javutsky. Good afternoon, Vinny, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, June, and thank you for having me on today. Uh, it's, it's great to have you on. I really loved your presentation, and I know that my audience will especially appreciate the information because there's so many pockets of the world, not just here in New York, but all over the world where a storm will occur, and then there's a significant amount of damage, and then people kind of fall into this, I guess they become fearful of what to do because of so many different reasons. So these are some of the things that I'd like to talk about during today's segment. Now, before we begin, Vinny, can you take a moment and just share a little bit about yourself with our listeners and also why you became so interested in trees? Well, I've, I've been in the world of horticulture all of my life. It even goes back to when I was a toddler. But I can remember even in my early days playing in the garden, I was always planting seeds, trying to get the maple polynoses to grow and, you know, just generally... Uh, interested in trees, I thought they were amazing. One of the, I remember one of the first books I ever took out of a, a library, a public library when I got my card, was a, a book about trees. So somewhere in my background, there's always been an interest. And my name, Javutski, in Polish, actually means person of the woods or, or someone who is dealing with woods. So it's probably somewhere in my gene pool that I have this interest in trees. Uh, I spent uh, all of my career in the horticultural field, mostly working in nurseries, uh, retail garden centers, uh, and now I'm a Cornell Cooperative Extension educator, uh, specifically in the area of horticulture and urban forestry. Fascinating. Thank you, Vinny. Now, after a big storm like Hurricane Sandy, why do people immediately feel that they need to cut down all of their trees? Well, it it actually started a year before Sandy. It was uh, Hurricane Irene um, came the year before, and that um, 
it did some a lot of damage. After Hurricane Sandy, people came outdoors and found devastation all around them, and lots of large trees had fallen, and many of them had damaged property, uh, their homes and cars. And I, I think that that kind of spurred a, a fear of trees. And then the backlash of that was that a short time later, folks were cutting down a lot of times perfectly healthy trees that were near their home and not really considering what the impacts would be. And when I speak to a lot of folks about trees that they've lost and about considering replacing them, I hear it time and time again that they really don't want to plant more trees around their property or they're very concerned with uh, the possibility of uh, future damage with existing trees. Some people did experience tremendous devastation to their homes when gigantic trees that they thought would be perfectly fine actually tumbled on top of the house. You know, what folks didn't understand is that even the healthiest trees, a lot of a lot of uh, good, healthy trees came down because the storm brought winds that exceeded 75 miles per hour. In fact, the wind speeds were clocked at over 100 miles per hour. And we know that, you know, trees can sustain some wind, uh, typically uh, up to about 60 or 70 miles per hour. But once you get beyond that, even healthy trees can be uprooted. In many situations here on Long Island, many of our older trees, especially oaks, you know, oaks are often considered pretty uh, strong trees. They were devastated, whereas many of the trees that we thought would be damaged, such as tulip poplar trees and, and others like that, that, that are native trees, they actually withstood the storms pretty well. So even though the oaks are native to our area and considered very strong trees, you know, many trees, uh, or there's not many trees that really could withstand this, uh, such high winds. Uh, and, you know, that was also followed by a day or so, a day or so of heavy rain, so the soil was compromised. The roots uh, were sitting in soggy, wet soil, so, um, you know, that is an added factor. So it was a kind of an ins a very un unusual situation that occurred. But, you know, you know, my mission is to get, the, you know, more trees planted so that we can uh, replace what we lost in forest canopy, even expand the canopy, because we've been losing forest canopy here on Long Island specifically for many years because of development. Considering the fact that many people are primarily concerned about the lawsuit factor, where if their tree falls on a neighbor's fence, in my situation, I actually had a neighbor that sent me a very polite note on stationery saying, oh, you know, you might want to take a look at the tree that's bordering the property out of concern that the tree would fall on their pool. And the tree was perfectly fine. I'm not about to remove it. But there are a lot of people who will jump and just cut it down. So could you explain to our listeners that don't quite understand the benefit of having these trees on their property, what it does as far as the environment, climate, also for noise? Because there's so many different factors that people just don't understand or I think even appreciate as far as what trees, what the value trees do bring to their property. Yeah, I think, you know, one note I want to make uh, with folks who do have trees on their property or large trees and are concerned that you really can't just go out and look at a tree and determine that it's going to fall down. Even, even you know, professionals can't really do that with 100% accuracy. But what folks can do is, and I recommend this, is hire a ISA-certified arborist 
to do a tree risk assessment. Uh, you can limit the scope of their work to just one particular tree or a group of trees that you're concerned about. And they're trained professionals, and they know what to look for, and so they have the best means of determining whether a tree is really considered risky or not. You know, I would always recommend that you get a professional on the property to do the assessments. Second of all, I think what, what we're lacking a lot in our, in our culture or in our society is a knowledge of what, what trees are good for. And I think we have to educate folks on that. And if, I think if a lot of folks who were considering or have taken down trees really considered the benefits of trees, uh, and there's many, there's, there's lots of benefits uh, that, that trees provide us, I think they would think twice about removing a tree. If a homeowner knows that there's going to be a major storm, are there any things that he or she can do with regard to their trees as far as, you know, should they be trimming branches or anything like that? Well, I, I think, you know, with larger trees that are, you know, maybe um, posing a risk or maybe folks are concerned about, I think, I think just having an ISA certified arborist come in and assess the health of the tree and um, do a little tree risk assessment is the way to go. It doesn't have to be done every year. It could be every five years or even every ten years. But somewhere along the line, there should be a regular inspection just to make sure, you know, trees are, are safe. Of course, smaller trees can be handled by the typical homeowner, but those aren't the ones that pose the greatest risk. And when you're dealing with a large tree, you really want to have a professional because most of us are not trained in tree care techniques on larger trees. And you may need specialized equipment, and certainly you need special training for that. Now, you mentioned that people should hire a certif- an ISA certified arborist. What if they're not located in the United States? What advice do you have? Uh, well, actually, the uh, ISA stands for International Society of Arboriculture, and um, so you should be in almost pretty much any country, you should be able to find a certified arborist through the International Society of Arboriculture. Um, they, do have, they do have a website, and they do operate in many countries. Um, I know they're in Australia. I know they're in Europe. And, and beyond there. so. But there may be other professional organizations and certification programs where the ISA perhaps doesn't reach. Vinny, what do you recommend as far as the types of trees that should be planted? Well, you know, generally the trend lately is to go with native trees, but, you know, uh, I'm not a purist when it comes to natives. I think there are a lot of great trees for our area that are not native to our area. But what I like to see is diversity in the tree population for several reasons. One, you know, one reason is for forestry management to have a, a diverse population. You really never want to plant one species of tree or really of any plant in a large area because if a particular pest problem, an insect or a disease problem comes into the area, it could run through the whole population and devastate a huge area very quickly. What I also like to see folks do is plant more small groupings of trees. From our experience here on Long Island, I think many of the trees that came down were kind of single standing trees, weren't surrounded by much of anything else, and so they took the brunt of the winds and and, uh, came down. But uh, what we've observed is that in more uh, wooded area, there was, uh, or areas where there were groupings of trees, such as in maybe parks and uh, communities where there were areas where there were kind of like small groves of trees. They were really minimally impacted, if, if at all. 
And that's what nature does. Nature doesn't plant, you know, one tree out in the open. Nature usually creates small groupings of trees, which uh, actually benefit each other. The roots intertwine with one another, and there is some buffering from uh, extreme winds when you have a grouping. So I think, you know, thinking about these things in a, a little bit of a smarter way when it comes to planting is one thing that you can do. Also, tree placement and tree size, you know, um, and making sure the plant is the right tree for the location. So we have a, a kind of a saying in, in, in horticulture around here that we want to choose the right plant for the right place, and that certainly goes along with planting trees on the property. If you're concerned about larger growing trees, maybe you plant them a little further away from, from your home or use smaller species that won't have as great an impact. If you are using smaller growing species for your area, I would suggest several trees instead of just one, especially if you're replacing a large tree. Uh, perhaps replace it with two or three or more. Also, a big problem that we had here on Long Island was due to the falling trees, we had power outages, um, significant power outages. Some people were without power for a month or more uh, in certain communities. So. Uh, a lot of it was attributed to falling trees. We have a, uh, an old infrastructure here. There are a lot of electrical wires that are above ground. You know, that has to be addressed. But if we consider where we plant trees, a lot of the problem was attributed to tall trees being planted directly under mm. wires. And, you know, when a tree falls down in, in, what, in, in one direction or another, it, it impacted electrical lines. It wasn't necessarily that the trees were planted. It was the location of where the trees were planted. Yes, yes. So that's, you know, I stress that right plant, right place with anything that you're planting. Make sure that the site conditions are right for the species or vice versa. Choose the species that's going to adapt best to your area's site conditions, the soil, the amount of sunlight the plant's going to get, but also consider the height and width of what the mature size will be, and the surrounding structures that it may impact in the future. So a little bit more care with um, knowing what you're planting and uh, planting it in the proper location. It doesn't make sense to plant, a spruce, let's say, a spruce tree that we know grows to 100 feet. It doesn't make sense to plant it, you know, right in front of your house, in front of the window, four feet away from the wall. You know that this, this tree is going to get... Uh, a width of 30 or 40 feet, and it may seem like a long time, but these things sneak up on you. 10 or 15 years later, you you, you know you may have the entire front of the house blocked, and this you know the height of the tree may be towering over the height of the house. So consider the mature height of the specimen that you're planting, and what impact it may have when it matures. Vinny, are there any economic benefits to planting trees? Well, that, that's interesting because there are a lot of economic, they're all kind of intertwined, economics and environmental. Uh, trees are, uh, have a, tremendously, a tremendous ability to cool with their shade the surrounding area, and that has a, a large impact on saving energy. So when you're saving energy, you're not only saving money, but you're saving the fuel that it takes to make that energy. So there's this multiple, you know, multiplier factor when you do have a, healthy trees around around your home or around your business that you can actually put into dollars and cents when it comes to energy and saving uh, on fuel costs or, and even fuel use. Now, you know, the other benefit that trees have is they improve air quality 
and not only from the standpoint of what we I just talked about, where we, you're reducing fuel usage, so there's less carbon being spewed into the atmosphere, but trees are very good at absorbing pollutants in their leaves and kind of cleaning the air, scrubbing the air. You know, one of the big things that are going on with children lately seems to be a, an epidemic of asthma, and in my opinion, I think some of that is attributed to the lack of a good tree canopy and the natural kind of air scrubbing capabilities that trees have in reducing pollutants and in, and even simply things like dust. And so the benefits reach even into benefiting our health as well. Going back to the uh, benefits of the trees uh, shading the area, when you have a, a great forest canopy or, or urban forest canopy in communities, especially urban areas, now you have shady areas, especially in community areas, parks, and it's more inviting for folks to get out into the natural areas because it's shady and it's more comfortable. And so it is known, and studies have been done, where it does have an impact on obesity. comes to um, uh, exercise, uh, you're more likely to go out into a shaded park because of the benefits of trees and, and get out there and do some walking or running or whatever other outdoor activity you may want to enjoy out there. And uh, it's much more comfortable than if there were, uh, you know, no trees around in the, you know, in the hot blazing sun with high temperatures. Uh, certainly that isn't a, the type of atmosphere that you want to be in when you're exercising. So there's many of those types of benefits uh, that, have, that are attributed to physical health of our bodies. In addition to that, there's uh, also many studies that uh, now prove that even just having a view of trees and green space can improve our psychological health. We do know that it can uh, provide stress relief, and who doesn't need stress relief in our, you know, with our busy schedules these days? Mm. It is known also that there may be some health benefits as far as improving recovery rates or at least minimizing the time someone takes to recuperate from an injury or a uh, operation. They do find that folks who just have simply a view out the window of a well-landscaped and green environment actually recover quicker and use a lot of times uh, with less drugs as compared to those folks who may have less of a, uh, a nice view or, or no view at all looking at, let's say, a brick wall or something like that. So there are these kind of psychological benefits that trees provide as well. We probably can attribute that to the fact that we are part of the environment. We come from the outdoors. Mankind spent millions of years living outdoors with trees and perhaps has built in some sort of an intrinsic um, need for green space and, and just viewing greenery does have a positive impact on our psychology. Isn't there a tool or some sort of website where you can actually plug in the financial benefits of having a tree on your property? Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's several tools out there, but one of the websites that I like to show folks and school kids with this is um, a website that's tied into a tool called iTree. It's a software suite. It's open use. There's a very simple website that you can go to to kind of try it out and have some fun. It's uh, called um, the National Tree Benefit Calculator. 
Um, it's uh, look. It, the, the website is www.treebenefits.com, and if you go there, you can enter a tree that's on your property into the software. You basically enter your zip code, so it's uh, kind of the software is loaded with information about your local area's climate and conditions, and then you uh, would enter some of the other information. Basically, it's the type of tree that it is, and they use common names, so you don't need to be a, a botanist to, to use this, and the size of the width of the trunk. You put those three parameters in there and click on it, and it comes up with uh, a whole lot of different benefits, things like uh, what, the, what the value of the tree is financially per year, as far as how much electricity it will save you, even things like uh, wh how much it will add to your property value over the course of a year, how much it will reduce uh, in fuel um, use, uh, how much carbon dioxide it will sequester or collect in its, um, in its uh, you know, branches and trunk. And uh, it will even give you a, um, an assessment and give it, assign it a dollar value for the air quality improvements that it will make, as well as um, trees. You know, another benefit of trees is storm water mitigation, slowing down the storm water and um, absorbing storm water. And so it gives you, um, you know, dollars and cents kind of an assessment for your tree on your property. And so it's fun to play around with. I, the iTrees software is a little more complicated, but it's, that's more for collecting data for uh, a community. You could do your, uh, your own property with it. It's just a little bit more complicated. But this is a fun, easy-to-use benefits calculator that, that even you know, fifth graders can use. They have a load, loads of fun with it. Can you just share with our listeners some of the websites where people can learn more, especially about planting trees in their local community, and any other information that you'd like to leave with the listeners? Well, certainly um, their local extension uh, offices would have information about planting trees. Cornell University, many of the universities, the land-grant university websites like Cornell, uh, Michigan State, Rutgers, they have information on, you know, trees and, and that's specific to their their state. ISA, the International Society of Arboriculture, has a great website with lots of information on trees and lots of um, advice on, um, th like, things for, like, uh, finding an ISA-certified arborist. You can search their database for one uh, for a person near you that's certified. Um, but there's lots of information there. The USDA Forestry Service has a lot of information there on their websites. Um, so the good information is, is certainly out there. I'm sure that in other countries there's great resources as well. Thank you. Vinny, it has been wonderful having you on the show. I sincerely hope that you come back, especially since you do have two books that are available. Yeah, my books are um, a little bit different topic. first one that I wrote is Gardening in Deer Country. The second one is Flower Beds and Borders in Deer Country. Um, deer browsing and damaging gardens is, is, is not just specific to Long Island, but we have a special problem with... We have a, sh a shrinking environment for the deer, and with uh, continued development, the, the deer have less and less area to live in and are learning to cohabitate with us in our gardens and they're finding our garden plants very 
tasty, so there's a, a, a kind of a big and growing problem with that. But I know it's not just specifically here on Long Island; it's it's all throughout the country. So um, my book is you know uh, user uh, friendly for pretty much anywhere in the country, coast to coast here in the United States. And is it available? Do you have a website? Is it available on Amazon.com? It's uh, it's uh, the publisher is Brick Tower Press. Uh, it's a New York publisher, but it is available on Amazon.com, and that's probably uh, you know besides bookstores, uh, probably the best place to go. Thank you. And also, thank you for taking the time to come on the show today to talk to our listeners. And hopefully more people will get over their fear of planting trees and take some of your advice. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I will be back, hopefully, if you invite me. (laughs) You are always welcome. And folks, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon, everyone.